Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. The New Warehouse Podcast, hosted by Kevin Lawton, is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawton with the New Warehouse Podcast with a new episode for you. Today, I am going to be joined by Joe Albert. He is the VP of Global Stretch Equipment uh, for sales and marketing uh, for Signode. And you guys may remember Signode. We had talked to them briefly at Promat last year. Um, they have a lot of different automated um, stretch wrap um, products and also um, offer stretch wrap as well. Um, and different kinds of things. Uh, Joe is on the global stretch side, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we're also going to talk about their Octopus C, which is something they were showing off at Modex recently. Um, and Joe is actually uh, a guitarist as well, so we're going to talk to a little bit about that. Very interesting. Uh, so, Joe, welcome to the show. How are you? Good, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Definitely. Thanks for coming on. So, uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about this guitar thing? I saw this on the Signode website. There's an article talking about uh, you being a guitarist and how it kind of relates to your work in a way. I think that's I think it's pretty interesting. So, so why don't you tell us a little bit about the thinking behind that and kind of how that has worked out for you? So, um, about seven years ago, I was on a flight to Brazil and and couldn't uh, find anything beyond uh, in-flight entertainment. Uh, keep me occupied okay and uh i started listening to country music something that i typically hated uh, for a long yeah. period of time and then fell in love with it and through the whole uh, event i wound up deciding that i was going to start to play and and sing country music rock things like that so uh interesting never never had any lessons and bought a guitar and started playing and singing so it's kind of been a challenge to myself to get outside of my corporate box mm-hmm. and a challenge to myself to see what uh, I could accomplish and whether I could put the things together from the music playing, the singing, um, and really kind of pull it off. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. It's kind of like stepping outside of uh, your comfort zone, which is like very similar, very similar for me, I guess, in the aspect of what I did with, with the podcast it was stepping out of my comfort zone as well. So so you talk in the article. I read a little bit about how you talk about picking up uh, an instrument like later in life. How it's kind of helped you um, change change your thinking a little bit in the way that you you work. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think that's really interesting. Yeah. So you know it, when when you put a song together and you try to you know get the rhythm down and you got to mm-hmm. learn uh, the process. You kind of go through to learn a new song, and and part of it is learning the rhythm. That, the chord uh, arrangement, and then trying to put that with the words. 
um, and get everything to come together from a timing standpoint is, is very much the same as, as getting a product from point to point. Mm. Um, you're bringing in raw material. You have to assemble it. you got to kind of stage everything and, and get it all queued up. Um, and, and everything has to be done in a certain sequence so that it comes off the way that it's supposed to look on the other side of the, of the production line. Right. It's kind of the same thing with, with the, the musical aspect of it. I mean, it's kind of a regiment that goes into it. It's kind of got me to be more creative in the way that I think mm-hmm. um, in solving problems. Um, and, and that there's really a lot of different ways to attack a situation or a problem. Um, and if you're open-minded to it, that you're, you're going to probably come up with a better solution in the end that if you just stick to a standard script that you've worked off of before. Definitely. I find that very interesting because um, mm-hmm. it's very similar, like I said before, with the podcast for me. And I think uh, stepping outside of that comfort zone, it definitely, it's definitely something you learn, and you're learning something different. But at the same time, like you said, you can bring what you're learning and how to kind of look at problems a little differently uh, in your work as well. So, so it's really interesting. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you to sing a country song uh, for (laughs) us today. (laughs) But what I read that you have pretty, pretty large repertoire. So, so it's pretty, pretty impressive. Um, So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Signode and what it is you guys do. Um, And also you guys, you are on the global stretch uh, equipment side. So why don't you, why don't you talk about what that is as well? Yeah, so Signode is, is a company that is typically known for steel and plastic scrapping mm-hmm. tools, uh, equipment. Um, Signode is a is a pretty diverse packaging company in that there's a lot of protective packaging such as airbags, corner doors, uh, tape equipment, uh, stretch wrapping machines. Um, we also have now have gotten into uh, automatic uh, storage retrieval systems. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a pretty diversified company that typically has operated as separate businesses uh, under a lot of different names. And over the course of the last uh, six months, we've uh, rebranded ourselves. Um, all these companies are going to market as Signode. Okay. And, and in a lot of cases, what used to be individual businesses are now brands under the Signode banner. Mm. So it's an exciting time. Uh, for us as an overall uh, organization um, to really kind of present ourselves in a way that's different than what we have in the past that, you know, really no other company in the packaging space, specifically end of line, uh, can bring to the table what we can bring to help customers solve problems. So we're kind of going through that transformation uh, as we speak and, uh, now, the, the global stretch side of it, while Signote, as an overall company, just started the journey six months ago, mm-hmm. we started our journey about uh, two and a half years ago, okay. where um, we took several different companies in the marketplace globally, Muller, Lockenmeyer, Aloyla, Pool, and we brought those businesses together as one organization under Signote under uh, one management team and rather than kind of compete against each other in the open marketplace under different names uh, globally, we've really brought everything together where we're going into the marketplace in a unified way um, 
instead of having a stretch hood machine from Lockenmeyer competing against the whole octopus, we now look at the application uh, with one rep and really holistically look at what's the best need satisfier mm-hmm. for that customer's um, problem. And, and that's what we represent. And, and it's a little bit different thought process than what we used to do where we had reps competing against one another based on the platforms that they sold. Right. So it kind of gives them a little more diversity, I guess, in what they're offering to the, the customer. So I think it, it makes total sense to streamline it like that. Yeah, it, it helps us streamline. It also, um, it, it takes a little bit more broad-minded person who's actually mm-hmm. selling. Um, so in, in some cases, what we're, we're, we're having reps really kind of change the way that they think um, to more of a consultative selling thought process. Okay. That uh, going in and really interviewing the customer and trying to understand where the problems are upstream Mm-hmm. on their production line because uh, where we sit at the end where we're wrapping a pallet of, of product um, we can significantly impact uh, their productivity positively or negatively if you don't have the right machine there so we, right. we try to spend time looking upstream to understand how we can improve productivity and then also we try to look downstream to are we packaging or wrapping the load properly because there's, there's hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars lost getting the product typically from the manufacturing facility to that end customer. So how can we really attach ourselves upstream and out the door down the road and hang our hat on those numbers to help customers improve bottom line profitability? Got it. Yeah, it makes sense. I think you have a good point there, you know, looking, looking upstream to find really where the beginning part of the problem is I think is one of the, one of the big things when you look at process improvement. So, so it's good that you guys are doing that. And now one of the, so one of the products that you're offering and you, I think you mentioned in there was the, the octopus C, right. Which is this automatic rotary ring stretch wrapper. And I, I love the name. Definitely octopus. Very cool. Um, and that was one of the things you guys were showing off at Modex. So talk to us a little bit about that and how, how that works and how, what kind of effect that has for the customers that are using this in terms of improving their process. We'll be back after a quick break. You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, well, the octopus is is a unique automatic stretch wrapper Mm -hmm. in that... uh, it's a ring type concept where most everybody else, specifically in North America, yeah. either uses a turntable automatic or a rotary arm automatic right. type machine. So, um, with the ring, it gives you some advantages in speed, in footprint, and your ability to modulate things in the scene over time as the 
customers need uh, change. So um, there's an inherent film savings with an, a, a ring-based stretch wrapper than there is with a turntable or a rotary arm in that uh, you don't have to put as much film on the load with the ring because the clamp cut seal mechanism is on the ring itself. So with any conventional turntable or rotary arm machine that's out there globally, mm-hmm. the cycle begins and ends at the top of the roller um, of the conveyor. Right. So, it, so in order to get to the top of a six, seven foot high load, you've got to spiral up about two revolutions to get to the top of that load before you can energize the turntable or the or the arm into a high speed wrapping sequence to get down to the bottom. We have that cut clamp seal mechanism on the ring itself. So we can independently start and stop anywhere on the load. And so what we would typically do is come down to the bottom of the load. We'll attach the film. We'll cycle to the top clamp cut seal. And then the ring moves up out of the way and, and the load moves through. So, um, it, it allows you to pick up some speed uh, mm-hmm. over uh, conventional machines, um, but there's typically about a 20 to 25% film savings by eliminating that spiral to get to the top of the load before you can start to put the machine into a higher gear to uh, wrap to the bottom. The other thing, too, is, is with the ring design, you're uh, able to apply top sheet film uh, right in the wrap zone you can apply a top cap right in the wrap zone. Okay. Um, you can put corner board applicators right in the wrap zone. So there's a lot of unique footprint saving um, uh, scenarios that you can use in an octopus that you would be forced to do upstream or downstream with the competitive machines that are out there. Right, so you can kind of do like all of that kind of protective prep right in that one area. That's good. And I, I love the savings too on the wrap. That's that's big because that adds up over time. Correct. Yeah, so so you mentioned in there too that you're saying that, um, and you mentioned earlier before uh, we started talking on the episode that uh, you're doing a lot of business in Europe. So so is there, do you see a trend in the stretch wrappers changing in the States as well? Yeah, so in, in Europe, uh, oddly enough, it, it's largely for high speed wrapping. Okay. It's largely a uh, a ring based marketplace. So uh, in now conversely, in, in North America, um, you know, there's it's it's largely a turntable mm-hmm. or rotary arm. Right. Some of it is because that's the lineage that we in North America have really pushed over time. But I, I think we're starting to see that change ever so slightly. Uh, some of our competitors are now starting to get into the ring side of it as well um, because they see the advantages to a ring versus the, the rotary arm. Yeah. Um, they typically don't like to lead with it because it goes counter to what they've preached. Yeah. And it, it also makes a machine that's a little bit more expensive. And uh, they typically don't like to go that direction because they sell through distribution mm-hmm. where we sell mainly through uh, our direct sales team. Um, and that allows us to sell a, a more sophisticated machine and uh, do some things that uh, 
typically distributors aren't able to do in expertise with the salespeople. Hmm, that's really interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize that there was like that contrast in, uh, in the stretch wrapping world versus Europe versus America. So, but I definitely see, um, as you're talking about the octopus and I, I've seen it before, um, working in person and also videos online. Um, I definitely see the advantages of it. Um, especially as you said, you know, you're reducing the footprint and also that savings on rapid. I think that's huge because that adds up over time as well. Um, so you guys had this octopus C on display at Modex, um, recently. So how was the response to it and what, um, I know Modex attendance was a little lower, but what I heard is that the people that were attending were more very focused on, um, what they wanted and seeing the things that they wanted to see. So, so what was the response from attendees of the booth that were viewing this and, and what do you see from potential customers or customers, um, as what they're looking for to kind of upgrade their stretch wrapping situation uh, or what the trend may be um, kind of going forward now. Yeah. The Modex show obviously was, was off this year um, because of coronavirus and, and uh, uh, everybody trying to feel their way through right. that. I, I, I think despite that fact, you know, we had a lot of activity and interest um, in the machine Obviously, Modex is an automation type of show, uh, so the people that are there are looking to to uh, upgrade their operations in some way, shape, or form, um, or their uh, systems integrators or um, large OEMs that are involved in a lot of uh, automation type projects. So uh, I, I think you know, for us, you know, we we felt as though on the Octopus side, it was. Uh, it was a good show. We have got some really good leads out of it. Uh, we're able to um, uh, build some, some new bridges with some new people that we hadn't dealt with in the past on the systems integration side. So I think all in all, it was a good show. That's good to hear. Definitely. Um, you know, it's always good to hear, especially like you said, when attendance is low due to the uncontrolled circumstances, right? I think, I think that week was really when everything just kind of started hitting. So so it's pretty interesting to see um, how things went. So I'm happy to hear that you guys did well there as well. Um, so, you know, kind of talking about the COVID-19 coronavirus situation, you know, when we look at the stretch wrapping automated side of the business, are you guys seeing any increase in demand for automated solutions, especially when there's, I guess, some uncertainty about uh, workforce and trying to kind of come up with contingency plans? Uh, yeah, I, I think there definitely is. You know, we um, have seen since the the start of everybody really kind of starting to work from home. People aren't traveling um, at all at this point. Um, I think you know my my days personally have gotten busier uh, because now that people are in one place, they're trying to move projects forward. Mm. They're rekindling projects that they've kind of pushed aside. I think that the, the general rule of thumb is that uh, people do want to uh, continue to automate mm-hmm. wherever that they can and, and really to, to do it so that they can increase productivity with the lines that they have. Right. Um, you know, obviously I think what we're staring down the barrel of um, is, is probably some type of uh, economic correction recession. Right as we come out of this thing in the months to come. And uh, as I've, I've been with the Signode organization for 32 years, 20 on the uh, 
on the strapping side of it and the last 12 on the stretch side. Um, when we had the last downturn, 27, 2008, mm-hmm. um, you know, as, as I looked at the markets that Signode was typically tied to, um, in just heavy industry, metals, lumber, brick, block, construction, mm-hmm. you know, we saw 40 to 45% um, reductions in, in customer volume just because uh, the whole arena had changed and people weren't spending and they had lost jobs and whatnot. When I went to the stretch side of the business and kind of did the same analysis, we only saw about a five or 10% drop off in, in volume out of the gates with the uh, recession. Interesting. People still have to eat and drink and, and groom themselves. And those are key markets for us on the stretch side. Yeah. And, and so, and typically the ones that, demand the highest, most sophisticated machines. So people still have to eat and drink. Their preferences may change. They may not be using a, a well-known global brand, but they may going be going to, you know, using the Kroger brand or whatever their local grocery chain is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you may see shifts from customer to customer. But I think that the thing that we saw back then and, and we continue to see heating up now is, you know, people wanting to make sure that they um, can meet demand and that they're able to get their product out in a shorter period of time because that for them is, is really where the, uh, uh, the profits get, get gained. Definitely. Yeah. And I think, um, I think you had a good point in there too, about, you know, how right now things are slowing down a little bit for some businesses and, but people are kind of in one place. So, so it's a chance to revisit some of those projects. And I think I think right now, too, it's a good chance for people to actually look at their processes um, and see how they can automate a little bit and um, increase their productivity uh, as well, like you said. So I think it's a good opportunity for that. And like you said, I mean, I think without a doubt, we're definitely going to have some kind of economic correction. But I think at the same time, towards the end, when we start to see the end of this thing and we get out of there, I think there's going to be a little bit of a surge as well because a lot of people are probably holding back on orders and stuff for the time being. Um, and hopefully, you know, they'll still need them at the end there. So so definitely interesting um, insight from you on that, uh, what you guys are seeing on your end of the business. Now, what about in terms of, you know, obviously everywhere we know there's shortage of toilet paper and things of that nature, but what about on the stretch and packaging side? Is there any any shortages for any operations managers that are listening out there that they should be looking out for? Yeah, I think at this point, you know, our business within Signos, mm-hmm. um, all the products that we make are, are really kind of deemed essential. Right. Um, and so our parent company, Crown Cork and Seal or Crown Holding, okay. um, who also uh, caters to as, a, as an essential uh, business in, in the market with cans, beverages and food and right. things along those lines, um, you know, we've all been, uh, you know, really focusing on making sure that we had a steady plant operation. So, uh, to make sure that, uh, we, we didn't have issues, we started the social distancing early. Uh, we also started staggering shifts so that we had limited contact between shifts. And I think, uh, you know, that early, um, planning and that, uh, early initiatives that we took on 
you know, have helped us keep our operations going and the product flowing. Uh, the only place that I can think of that we had issues uh, was Insit. We, we physically had to shut down there, but I believe we're back up running full again okay. um, at this point. And that was because the government made us shut down. All businesses shut down for a period of time before yeah. uh, they started uh, ramping things back up. But I know, uh, you know, the, the machines that my group are responsible for uh, come out of Finland, Denmark, uh, Germany, Bulgaria. And, uh, you know, we haven't really missed a beat. In, in terms of anything and, and even the supply of, of motors and things like that coming into our factories mm-hmm. uh, still has been um, pretty pretty steady, pretty solid, despite the fact that Europe has kind of put up walls you know, from country to country trying to limit the flow of products. But uh, you know, we haven't experienced any, any shortages there. Okay, great. Yeah, that, that's good to hear and good to um, know from your side as well, um, just to be aware of what's going on out there, um, especially at a time like this. So, Joe, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and talking with us. How can people find out more information about Signode? Uh, you can check us out at www.signode.com. All right, easy enough. We will uh, put that information on the newwarehouse.com as well for reference. Uh, so, Joe, thank you so much. I uh, hope you are doing okay at home, and I'm sure you're getting extra time to uh, practice the guitar as well. Um, so thank you very much for coming on and talking to us. I appreciate it, Kevin. Thanks for the opportunity. You've been listening to the New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from the new warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for the new warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.